Good morning for the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Joe Biden's administration is under pressure to send Jair Bolsonaro back to Brazil. French President Emmanuel Macron is going ahead with one of the riskiest moves of his political career, and China's government is changing what kind of companies are allowed to list on its stock market. You can't just make profits. You need to meet the national goal as well. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The White House is under pressure to send Brazil's former president, Jair Bolsonaro, back to Brazil. Bolsonaro's been in the U.S. state of Florida for the past two weeks, so he was there when thousands of his supporters stormed Brazil's capital this past Sunday. They were protesting last year's presidential election, which Bolsonaro lost. To find out more, I'm joined by our Latin America editor, Michael Stott. Michael, do we know who is pressuring the White House to send Bolsonaro back? At the moment, it appears to be uh, lawmakers from the left uh, in the United States. There's also one Brazilian lawmaker elect from the left who's who's asked for Bolsonaro to be sent back. But as of now, there's no legal request from a competent Brazilian authority like the Supreme Court or the Justice Ministry. I think Bolsonaro's bigger problem is that he appears to have entered the US uh, on a diplomatic visa, which would give him some protection while he was president. But of course, he ceased to be president uh, on January the 1st, and he's now a normal citizen. I'm curious, what is Bolsonaro doing in the US anyway? Well, he left for the US on the 30th of December, just before his term in office ended, because he wanted to avoid being in Brazil when President Lula took power. Uh, And he went to Florida and uh, has been staying at the house of a friend there. And the US State Department spokesman did say that foreign leaders or diplomats who entered the country on diplomatic visa have 30 days to leave the US or seek an updated visa if they're no longer on official business. And of course, Bolsonaro is no longer president of Brazil, so he's now a private citizen. So what could happen to Bolsonaro if he goes back to Brazil? He faces a number of legal investigations into his time in the presidency, and they run from, uh, for example, his behavior during the pandemic when he was in denial about the seriousness of COVID and presided over a very chaotic effort uh, against coronavirus, which saw uh, more than 700,000 Brazilians die. So there could also be legal charges arising if authorities are able to determine any connection between Bolsonaro and these riots. But uh, so far, that's still under investigation. Michael Stott is the FT's Latin America editor. French President Emmanuel Macron is set to announce a draft law today. It will overhaul the country's costly pension system and raise the retirement age. Currently, French people have to work until they're 62 before they can receive a full pension. Many people are not happy about the idea of having to work two or three more years. To find out more, I'm joined by our Paris bureau chief, Leila Aboud. Hi, Leila. Hello. So quickly, why does Macron want to overhaul the pension system? Yeah. You know, like many countries, France's demographics are changing and there's fewer workers per retiree now than there was about 20 or 30 years ago. And the system functions because basically current workers finance the retirements of people who are not working anymore. Um, so it's going to have deficits in the coming decades if if nothing is done. 
And also France um, devotes about 14% of GDP to paying for retirements for its older people, which is a higher proportion than the European average and most other countries in Europe. And what happens if he doesn't get it done, Leila? I mean, it, this is a pretty sort of totemic issue for Macron now. It's become something which he tried to do in his first term and he failed. And, you know, five years later, he's still trying to do this thing, which is actually really, really important to the public finances and to employment. And if he doesn't get it done, it's really going to look, I don't want to say make him a lame duck, but it's just going to prove that his second term is going to be much less fruitful than his first term if he can't do uh, this thing he's been wanting to do for five years. So he's failed before Layla to get this done. And this time, he doesn't have the numbers in his alliance to, to pass the law. Can he get support from other parties? There's a way to do it, potentially. Um, there is this sort of conservative party that's called the Les Républicains. They're sort of, you know, center-right or even just conservative. And they have long been in favor of uh, raising the retirement age. He's going to hope that he can peel off their votes. You know, we'll see in the coming weeks whether he's able to sort of formalize a deal with them in order to get their votes. But I'd say it's on it's on a decent track. The real problem may not actually come in parliament, may come in the streets, because France has a real tradition of protests and strikes, and the unions here are united in their opposition to any rise in the retirement age at all. And, you know, I think we're going to have to wait and see to see whether that sort of social protest movement takes off or if Macron's government is able to propose something with enough sweeteners to make the painful stuff go through that maybe he can avoid the worst of the strikes. We're not going to be able to avoid all of it. There will definitely be some protests in the coming weeks. We just have to see how bad they, they get. Leila Aboud is the FT's Paris bureau chief. China's financial regulators are set to block certain domestic companies from listing on the country's stock exchanges. This comes as Beijing is trying to channel funding into industries that serve the government's goals. The FT's China economics reporter Sun Yu broke this story. He says China's securities regulator is putting companies into categories. The first category is called the red light category, which is the kind of industries that will be off limits to IPOs in the foreseeable future because of their perceived investment risks or because of the fact that they don't really help with the official strategic investment agenda. And they will include food, restaurant chains, strong alcohol spirits, PCR testing, private tutors, and then funeral service. So what kind of companies will get the green light to list and get financing through equity markets? That would include biochemistry and then advanced manufacturing and also semiconductors and the like. The industries that China needs the most to rival the U.S. The idea is that there's limited amount of funds on a stock market. And many of these tech companies that the government supports they don't do well financially, so it would be a bit tricky for them to draw attention from investors. In contrast, the so-called red industries, they would include many companies that are actually quite profitable. So in a perfectly market-driven environment, investors would naturally flow into those areas that may not be favored by the authority. They want investments to go into the areas that they think would hold key to China's long-term future. So the way I understand is that there is also a yellow light category. What are these companies? 
So these are the areas that will come under tighter scrutiny from the stock regulators. They would include apparel, furniture, fashion, and then consumer electronics. So the regulator would pick the industry leaders and allow them to be listed. So this is the general trend that the stock market must serve the national agenda, which is to promote China's strategic industries. You can't just make profits. You need to meet the national goal as well. Sun Yu is the FT's China economics reporter in Shanghai. Before we go, you know that the FT News Briefing is free. Maybe it's one of the reasons you listen to us. But what if access to FT.com was cheaper, like 50% cheaper? Well, we're running a sale that makes that dream a reality. Go to FT.com slash briefing sale to get half off a standard digital subscription. It gives you access to hundreds of journalists, dozens of newsletters, and lots of other great stuff. Again, that's FT.com slash briefing sale. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.